Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I just want to uh, echo Jerry Reinsdorf's statement uh, with regards to Jose Abreu. Uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always a difficult day from... Uh, uh, an emotional standpoint or from a fan standpoint, when you see uh, a franchise icon don another uniform, it's a day that nobody really ever envisioned seeing, but the realities of the business side sometimes dictate that such things happen. You know, in fact, earlier today, I, foolishly, I was on Twitter and, and somebody had posted pictures of, uh, of Burley in a, in a Marlins uniform and Frank in a A's uniform. And I think Creedy was in a twins uniform and Robin in a Mets uniform uh, and, and it all it looks weird it, it feels uncomfortable and I guess some solace I take is the fact that those four guys are all still part of the White Sox family and obviously Jose's place in the White Sox family will, will remain secure here going forward. General Manager Rick Hahn talking about Jose Abreu leaving the south side um Look, Kenny, what? Ken Griffey Jr. is also part of the White Sox family, right? Yeah, because one year, the blackout game, he threw the guy out at home plate. So Manny Ramirez. Yeah, they're they're all part of the White Sox family and all that good stuff. But none of those guys outside of Frank were MVPs. And Jose Abreu was an MVP, was a leader. There's a a piece uh, that will be, I think, in the hard copy of the Sun-Times tomorrow, but it posted this morning about Jose Abreu. Steve Greenberg wrote it, and and here's the, the headline. Jose Abreu on life with the Astros and leaving the White Sox, who weren't a family, and that's in, in quotes, in 2022. And the lead quote is, sometimes... When you're at a place where maybe you're not being respected to the point where you think you should be, you just have to go somewhere else. Close quote. That's from Jose Abreu. One more time for the people in the back. Sometimes when you're at a place where maybe you're not being respected to the point where you think you should be, you have to go somewhere else. Close quote. Now, let me read some of the story. I know that the folks on Twitch love it when Dan reads on the show. Now, Lawrence is going to at least attempt to read here on the show. West Palm Beach, Florida. Hello. What will Jose Abreu miss about his life in Chicago? The question appeared to knock the wind right out of him in a hallway outside the Astros spring training clubhouse 
he looked plaintively at both reporters and the translator who assists him with interviews in English, shook his head from side to side, and for several seconds said nothing. Emotion flooded across the 36-year-old slugger's face. Quote, remembering everything is hard, close quote. The translator said, buying Abreu some time. Finally, Abreu spoke in English. Quote, it hurts, close quote. Then he disappeared through the clubhouse door and back into his new orange and blue reality. Two days before hitting his first spring home run with baseball's defending champions, a 437-foot bomb to the left off of Cardinals' Adam Wainwright, Abreu seemed happy enough in his new surroundings. He certainly has upgraded teams, leaving the White Sox behind after nine seasons and zero playoff series wins. Steve goes on to paint the picture And he says, the Astros were thrilled to bring in Abreu, a former MVP, admired throughout the sport for his diligent work ethic, his mentorship of younger players, and, of course, his elite run production on a three-year, $58.5 million free agent deal. He will start at first base for baseball's kingpins, who have taken part in seven of the last eight postseasons, advancing to four World Series and winning two of them. But the Sox chose not to stay in the Abreu business, opting to clear a path at first base for 24-year-old Andrew Vaughn, a promising hitter. The Sox made Abreu an offer for 2023, he says, but the writing was on the wall. He felt disrespected. Hence the quote, sometimes when you're at a place where maybe you're not being respected to the point where you think you should be, you just have to go somewhere else. Close quote. He's not wrong. Then there are a bunch of quotes from the guys that he's playing with, like Jose Altuve calling him an RBI RBI machine um, and all that stuff. Dusty Baker talking about how great he is. That's not the part that you care about as a White Sox fan. You care about this. The Astros have communicated clearly with Abreu about specific areas in which they'd like to see improvement. One of them being avoiding hitting the ball on the ground in double play situations. Abreu is pushing himself hard defensively on a team that's famously good in the field, or as Abreu put it, exquisite. The communication thing is a live wire subject because the 2022 Sox were deficient enough in that department, not just from front office or manager Tony La Russa on down, but also between players in the clubhouse that more than one player had whispered about it. Abreu who had as much credibility as anyone on that team, now is one of them. Quote, I think sometimes talking about the past can bring up a lot of animosity, but I think the best way I can put it is just that we weren't a real family. And I'm hoping maybe the Sox can get to a situation where a lot of the guys there that do deserve to be in a good situation, they can have it there and be able to win. But I don't really have too much more to say about that. Close quote. And how are things on the Astros side in this regard? Quote, these guys here, they're a real family. Obviously, I can see why the Astros organization has had as much success as they've had over the last couple of years. Close quote. So that's what Jose Abreu had to say. You mean to tell me that he might have been biting his tongue for the sake of the team this whole time. Yep. I, for one, am shocked. That's your shock Shocked, face. I tell you. This is a big surprise. 
It's sad. Like, the way that Jose Abreu's career ended with the White Sox was filled with a lot of confusion. And I, it, he's one of those players where I do think that he broke through in a way that you would always hope that he would break through. Like, that's exactly what you want. The, the guy that has the great story, who lives up to his potential, that works hard, plays hurt, plays hard, hurt. Reinvents himself in a way. Absolutely. Ab- and carries himself in an almost regal manner. But then is also one of the most, like, physically down to the ground, like, diligent hardworking gets there early leaves late like all of that stuff that you want from a player Jose Abreu is that does the splits to get the pick at first a, a he is he he represents everything that you want and that was one of the things that I do think could bother a White Sox fan is that here you had the model and you still had players not looking at the model and modeling themselves after the model. You want to know how to play winning baseball? Do what Jose Abreu does. He was in the top five in American League offensive categories for how long? Yeah. With virtually no protection in the lineup at RBI the time? machine. I, I just can't, I can't believe this. And, I can't. And the funny part is, at the time, the Astros didn't have a GM, right? Like Jeff Bagwell's the acting GM. Yep. Which is something we would definitely be discussing if that were the case here at any given time. There's no doubt. Yeah, if that... Frank Thomas all of a sudden was in charge of like making acquisitions and stuff, it would well, be a thing. And then there's the whole and how like Frank produced oh, versus right. how Jeff Bagwell produced. Their their numbers are like perfect. But yeah. Like perfectly matched. And what I think is they're the born on I'm... the same day. What is the thing I'm not saying that I'm trying to say? That Maybe Frank did it the, the right credibility. way. Credibility. So maybe any Bagwell did not. Anyway, either right. way, the numbers alone tell you who he is. Games played, offensive numbers, valuing the old school numbers that people don't even want to value anymore because they're so in your face that it was just another reflection of who he was. His OPS, mm-hmm. the number he took for paying for being paid by the team that was his hometown team to give them the discount because he thought that they were going to create a championship team. That number, the one that's in his bank account every two weeks. Jose Abreu last year was a 4.2 B-War player. His OPS was 824. His OPS plus was 133. Is it five consecutive seasons he had an OPS of over 800? Let's look. It's up there. It's more than that. Jeez, man. No, no, you're right. It's it's five because there's, the one, there's the one seasons. where he went 798, but you had 960. Or bad. He went 798. It was a down year for him. 964, 858, 20, 906, 798, 834, 987, 831, 824. Game, set, match. His career OPS as a White Sox is 860. His career OPS plus anything over 100 is good was 134. And the first thing he has to say about the place where he grew up, it hurts. Yeah, well, there's the there's clearly like the emotion of it, like, and you could tell. I love the way that that Steve wrote it, that he wrote 
what he was seeing, and he was seeing a guy that was being was very emotional in trying to answer the question. And the brilliance in that is that's not the person we've always seen. He's been fairly consistent in his actions and his physical very stoic, very stoic, Jose Abreu. It's one of the things that I think made him a really good leader. Um, But like even the way that that whole thing went down, where White Sox fans deserve the opportunity to celebrate him. Now they're going to celebrate him when he comes back. Like he's beloved. I know, I know White Sox fans that are angry about this, even if they understand the baseball logic of it. They understand, well, you need Vaughn to be playing first base because he's more valuable to you at first base than he is at one of the corner outfield spots. I think we all understand that part of this. But the problem, the problem is, is that you still botched his leaving. And and they said the right things afterwards, but that not we had you just said this is going to be Jose Abreu's last game on that final homestand, I think you would have seen a groundswell of people that were like, I'm gonna go show love to Jose Abreu. But he got clumsy, and that's one of the things that the White Sox have been doing really well lately, is they do stuff in a clumsy manner. And that was clumsy. And who has to clean it up? Who has to be the adult? Jose. So he came out and was like, yeah, my choice, my choice. Not No no one else's choice, my choice. I'm not going to play on the last day of the season because I want to see the game from a managerial standpoint. And then you hear him say this stuff about how there wasn't great communication and they didn't feel like a family. And it's all the stuff that people from the outside were saying, but the White Sox were saying back to us, you don't know. You weren't in here. Well, here's the captain of your team. The guy who's been the captain of your team for the last few years, it doesn't matter if he has a C on his jersey or not, telling you that last year they didn't have what they needed to win from, from a family standpoint. I, I think that that's very damning. How many whispers do you have to hear before it gets to a scream? And I understand that they had to move on, but you let go the most productive person who is still doing it. There is no substitute for established, consistent major league talent. It's why they get paid. It's why Jose Abreu at his age still got a three-year deal and got paid. It's kind of scary. That AAV is high. It's kind of scary that the Astros, because I was thinking – I was like, oh, you know, Jose Abreu would probably fetch like a two-year deal worth $35 million or something like that. And seeing the Astros say, no, 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 we see value beyond that and are going to offer him 20 per, I was shocked by that. Now, I wasn't expecting the White Sox to jump to that number, but I feel like there was probably a really big gap between what the White Sox wanted to pay Jose Abreu for one year versus what the Astros were going to commit to for three. Look at the actions of certain teams in Major League Baseball. Look at the players that they jump out to sign, that they set the market on. Like Mike Clevenger. Like Jose Abreu. Look at the players that they want to trade. The Rays come to mind here. Look at the players who they're okay with leaving. Why are you laughing at me, Ray? Atlanta comes to mind. That's what they did. They did. They, set the mar- the they signed Mike Clevenger Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, I didn't say it. 
No, I said it. But it's true. Like, they set the market on that dude, and they didn't have to do that. Look at how the Astros valued him. Look at how the Rays trade players. Look at how Atlanta is okay with certain superstars leaving because they have plans. Look at how those teams value certain players and what they do. Look at those actions. It's just another and one of And then listen to Jose Abreu. That's right. It's another one of those things where, like, you, you almost have to just kind of hang your head and say, Man, this is this is how the White Sox roll, and it's too bad. And there are people that are already like, "Oh, well, don't worry about what happened in the past." And I I get that. I get the idea of trying to give Pedro Grifol like a clean slate and allow him to do his thing. He's not picking up a clean slate, though. He's not. He's, he's picking not, up a very dirty one. He's not. He's not pretending like none of this is out there. He's acknowledged it. That's and, why I like him. And I think three one two here on the text line makes a good piece of discussion like this is the logical White Sox thought from fans if the players held on too long they'd be criticized next in line Vaughn has to keep waiting sure but the reason the Astros can take this risk is because they have so many other good players Mm -hmm. the reason why they can afford to pay him what they're paying him and the reason they can sign him to this deal is because it's not as big of a risk for them that's where the calculus comes in. I think Vaughn's really good, too, but I'm not sure that I think he's as good as the White Sox think he is. Again, there is no substitute for established Major League talent when Jose Abreu has had five straight seasons of OPS over 800. How are you replacing that? It's pretty hard to replace. You're going to have to have a real good plan of protection in your lineup. Do you think that you have enough protection in your lineup? I'm just hoping that nobody gets hurt at the WBC. You're also hoping that other people play to their potential. Not what the card says, but their potential. They've got to play over what the the card says. So you can read the story, suntimes.com. Steve Greenberg did a great job in, in getting that quote and getting those quotes from Jose Abreu. It's really, really good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Joe Ostrowski We got to talk to Joe about the NBA and we got to talk about the NCAA tournament. The odds of North Carolina not making the tournament go from champion to or in the championship game to 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 not making the tournament. That's bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. We'll talk sports betting with Joe Ostrowski next here on The Score. I have listened to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Have a daily sports betting show. We couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Oh, he's got a lot of Herbert Hoover in him. I got to tell you that one.
I'm so glad that we get the opportunity to talk with my man, Joe Ostrowski. He's the best. I have a lot of questions for Joe. You actually. do? Yeah. I've Joe's words have kind of been, uh, I listened, Joe. Like, I listened to what you were saying, and you've been right about a lot of stuff. He, he's right about a lot, and you can check him out on BetQL Daily. And he joins us from time to time, too, on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world. Largest sports book. And here's our man, Joe Ostrowski. Joseph, how you doing? What up? It's been too long. I'm wrong a lot, too. That's part of sports betting. <laughs> yes. I talk about that. But and, uh, that means, you know, yeah. it's it's uh, it's like baseball. It's a game of failure. But yeah. w- when you get the good hit, man, you really get the good oh, hit. Oh, man. I, I, I've been preaching that, Layla, all winter long during the trip. It's a game of failure. Guys, best in the world. Seven out of ten, they're failing. Don't worry about it. Don't just effort and energy. That's what you can bring every day. Rest of it doesn't matter. You're going to miss a ground ball. You're going to strike out. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You could show up. You could help. Well, this yeah. seg- this segment with Joe is brought to you by my friends at BetMGM, the king of sports books. Please bet responsibly. I want to know mm. where the odds are at now with Jalen Carter and what Vegas is saying about the top maybe five in the draft or what you've seen out of movement there. Yeah, well, he has uh, – there, there's been movement all over the place. But as far as Carter specifically, he he was up there just about the same odds as Will Anderson to go number one overall. Um, but obviously that is uh, taking a free fall over the last couple of days. Now 16-1, to 25-1 to 1, uh, to go number one overall. And um, it, after the news came out about Carter, it was up – posted for about 10 minutes before it was removed everywhere for the first defensive player drafted. That is now back up there. Will Anderson, obviously the favorite, minus 175. Is Jalen Carter the second favorite? No, he is not. Tyree Wilson is now the second favorite at plus 300. Then Jalen Carter comes in as the first defensive player as the third favorite at plus 350. So uh, uh, Carter, he has moved back for obvious reasons. And the number one overall draft pick is so interesting. A lot of mock drafters, they're very frustrated because they just wish they knew what the Bears are going to do. Nobody really believes that they're going to sit there at, at number one overall. It's just a matter of how far back. And obviously, with the Carter news, that could impact things. Does a team like the Colts at number four, are they going to have to move up to get the quarterback that they really like? But uh, in the betting world, guys, the big news before Carter was about Anthony Richardson. Go over, on. Over the last week. He's in the top 10 now, right, Joe? He has gone from 100 to 1 down to 7 to 1 to be what? the number one overall pick. Wow. And some of it were smart bettors getting ahead of it. They're thinking, okay, the combine is next week. And listen, all of these quarterbacks at the very top here are flawed. Whether you agree with some of these flaws or not, I mean, that, that's how they're discussed. We know about Bryce Young, and tomorrow the big story is going to be his height and his weight. Um, and, and Will Levis has his flaws. Same thing with Stroud at times. But you look at Anthony Richardson and going into the combine, the thinking was, well, he's going to tear that thing up. So that's the expectation when we're all watching tomorrow. But also, like I saw Matt Miller talking about this the other day, that reportedly – He's also tearing it up in the meetings with the teams. 
So Richardson is the guy that's been getting a lot of steam. Uh, a lot of people betting on him at long odds to be the number one overall pick. Now, after watching him last year at Florida, I don't know if you guys agree with that with his 54% completion percentage, but I, I get the idea that he shouldn't be 100 to 1 because he has the sort of upside you're looking at. He's with, a bag full of traits, man. He, when he's you got all down, the stuff. When you got to take down Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and these guys in the AFC, like, you, don't you just want to take a shot at a guy with the ceiling that's sky high? Here, here's what I said about him yesterday. Yeah. Anthony Richardson is the type of player that gets people fired because, <laughs> because he's so tantalizing. Like You look yeah. and you go, ooh, look at that because – he does have incredible arm strength, and you say, like, when people are saying Will Levis is the 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 comp for for Josh Allen, I'm like, no, 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 it's Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. b- b- because of some of the things that he's missing in his game are similar to the things that Allen was missing in his game. But then you just look at the guy and you go, oh, that's what a quarterback should look like. That's physically how they're built up. Those are the types of things that you would want your quarterback to do. So if you trust your offensive staff, you would draft him. If, if you had Andy Reid looking for a quarterback, you would trust Andy Reid to, to, to be able, Brian Dayball, you would trust someone like that to get the most out of that player. But if your offensive staff is not on point, mm-hmm. he's going to get you fired. <laughs> because people are going to go, well, look at all this stuff that this quarterback's got, and you're not doing jack with this quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm fascinated by all of this. I figured he would make his way, he would sneak into the top 10. Yeah. And and now I'm like, maybe top five, depending on how movement goes. Whew. So so I'm not, I'm not that weirded out that there's money to be made with him as the number one pick. And I would also like to add this, Joe, before mm-hmm. we get into it. You know that this is almost like it's almost like a game of poker because of the bluffing that goes on it's and lying season. people's bluff and trying to figure out how to make some sense of that, the words between the words right now as well. There's money to be made and lost. Yeah. I with this Carter thing, it throws the whole bear things up bears thing up in the air. Because, you know, when Ballard's talking about it, he's like, hey, you know what? And we know it's lying season, and we, we don't believe anything that they're saying. But Ballard is as truthful as any of them out there. Maybe we don't have to move up to get our guy. That, that's the question. Well, who's your guy? Who's worth moving up? I wonder. Th- this might hurt the Bears. Now, we'll see what happens uh, with Carter there. But that's my concern that, okay, yeah, there are all these teams looking at quarterback. We know Houston's going to go QB at number two. And if the Bears don't make a move, Houston doesn't have to make a move. Mm -hmm. And maybe these teams, they're going to look to Arizona instead. Like, oh, I can get my guy. I can move up and I can go to three and not be forced to give up as many assets. So I I wonder if it's going to be a Jacksonville situation where – the Bears don't have as many buyers as they thought they were going to have. I was a little con- concerned with that when I saw Monday morning the scheduled tweet from Adam Schefter, the Bears trying to do the Bears a favor there by saying they're open for business. Well, yeah, we know they're open for business. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that was screaming to me that nobody's calling. Uh, I think it's. it was just uh, – I think it was also – that was the first report report, I think, to me. So I, I 
think it kind of set the tone, but I get it. I get what you're yeah. saying. Like, why why did that have to come out at all? Because people try to trade for people who are untradeable all the time. Well, it had to come out because Ryan Poles leaked it. Right. That's why right. it had to come out. I, I also want to ask you this, Joe. Is there somebody who you've seen? Maybe there's no one. Is there somebody who you've seen who you're saying, oh, if that person gets drafted, that could make somebody some money if, if they bet on that person? Ooh, wow. We, we have to keep in mind that these are these are all really bad teams at the very top. <laughs> and and I, thusly, sometimes poor talent evaluation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And th- they need a lot of help. But I, there are a couple of teams that that do stand out. Let's remember that the Lions have a top pick. And they seemed very close last year. And I think they have the 10th most cap space Something like that. They they are in a good spot moving forward. And Dan Campbell was uh, pretty open and honest about the future of Jared Goff. Like, look, he's not going to be here 10 years. We know that. We're, we're open to the possibility of taking a quarterback. And they have a draft pick high enough to possibly uh, take a quarterback. But you know, the, the other hard part, Layla, is that we have these four quarterbacks at the top that everybody's going to be focused on tomorrow and over the next two months. But the other thing is... There are so many dominoes that have to fall with established quarterbacks. Based on all the reporting, nobody seems to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for Green Bay this year. Carr is out there in Indianapolis begging for a job. Are the Giants serious? Like, oh, Daniel Jones, you think you get $45 million a year now? That's wild. What, what mm-hmm. happens there? Jimmy G. Gino has his breakout year. Is he going to stay in Seattle? There are so many quarterback dominoes uh, left to fall here, and uh, we're into March, so free agency is going to be wild. I think we're discrediting Seattle. I think we're probably not talking about them enough in, you, in you, any way. You think that, that, that they're in the market for the successor to Gino? You'll go get your like that's as a perfect place I for love, Anthony Richardson to to be drafted. I honestly. love Gino Smith's Renaissance. I am a hundred percent here for it, but I do think that they. Carroll is talking. Yeah, that would be. Man, they won that trade. It looks like. Yeah, unless, Ooh, unless yeah, Sean they Payton, did. Yeah, they did. Sean Payton fixes everything. Speaking of that, Sean Payton. That was a guy that I was thinking. Oh, he'll be the favorite to be the coach of the year. Team uh, exceeds expectations. Everything turns around. If they say make the playoffs in the AFC, he's the one that's going to get all the credit. I was looking at the coach of the year stuff. Dan Campbell's a favorite. No surprise. He was the favorite last year. People love him. There are some sports books that have Eberflus as the second favorite for the coach of the year. Let's go. Which I found really interesting. I I, uh, understand the case because you have almost $100 million to spend. You have the number one draft pick, whether you keep it or not. That's going to help you a ton. And... I mean, you should take a big jump in wins compared to last year, and it, and you play in a division where Aaron Rodgers might be leaving, where it could be wide open. So I thought that was interesting that uh, Eberflus and the Bears are already on uh, people's radar to make a big jump next season. You mentioned the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. What what are the numbers on where he plays? Like, what's the what's the betting number on where he's playing next year? Yeah, let let me see if there's an update on that because some of those things they they. They're out there, and then they go down um, because a lot of the a lot of the NFL stuff. It's all about information. Uh, yes, and right now it's focused on the draft. So the stuff that we're seeing right now is really about the draft, and they've 
They've kind of taken a lot of that stuff out. Okay, all right. I yeah. mean, if, if there's no number on him being a Jet or him staying in Green Bay, yeah. that, I'm fine with it. But it, it, did you see the the dirty feet, Joe? Did you see that that he did the podcast and him and the other dude clearly mm. hadn't washed their feet? I'm just, <laughs> I'm out on feet. Like, it's just too much. I, I feel like I can't go 12 hours without somebody bringing up Feet Finder to me. Like, it's just weird. When did we take this turn in society? Did Rex Ryan, is he a trendsetter? He like, is. What happened? I, I heard about the dirty feet, and I had no desire to look at it, to seek it. I'm not even so, going to say anything. I'm just like, yeah, Layla, I mean, my co-host, so I'm sure you deal with this, Erin Hawksworth, she's like, dude, I get messages all the time just oh. like, feet question mark i'm like what what is happening oh yeah yeah in fact like you're not like people post us on wiki feet even though i don't have an imdb page so it's technically illegal oh my god what i am people need to go to jail they do need to go to jail like a lot of them i i agree or just like or just compartmentalize and know people's jobs like not every woman on the screen is the same just because they're on a screen to you they do different things. So weird. It's okay. Just learn that, you know, we're not all the same. Do you think that I could get some serious money for feet? No, picks? no. Guys don't get money for this. I don't think there are any women. No? I'll put it to you this way. Feet, Lawrence. I have been publicly <laughs> let go of jobs twice now, and I've never had to do that. I mean, I got the foot with this guy, like, the oh. scars on both sides from the surgery. Like, maybe the, I don't People know. People are into that sort of thing. I don't know. Like, I mean, should I... Lawrence'sFeet.com? Like, should I just put that <laughs> out there? Somebody just created the website. You know <laughs> the, it. Who bought the domain? Uh, Gustavo. Who got the domain? Gustavo did. What, what, he, he decided. Gustavo, what would you, our street agent. <laughs> what would you be pleased with? What number? Like, what, what are you hoping? For? I mean, <laughs> 20 <laughs> bucks, honestly. Like, this is whatever very it takes. high like, noon, Joe. I feel like you've just rolled right can, into the next You can just segment. see these. Like, that's, you know. I've been complimented on them before by, by the ladies. You have pedicures, right? No, I've never no. gotten a pedicure. Never? No. Mm. No. Only one for me. Really? Anyways. Sounds like did, did, we was have a this group a, activity, guys. Was this like a you went with the, the, the wife and daughter, or were you just like, I needed to be pampered today? It was a pre-wedding thing. Gotcha. A long, long time ago. Oh, that's good. Text her lohostoes.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, see, this the is why are, texters are on one today. The texters are job. on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good website. Let's do that. Yeah, you better buy that right away. Got to buy it before Rachel Dolezal gets to it. Um, oh, just a stray from out of nowhere. Yeah, she deserves it. Joe, as always, we appreciate the time and the content. I don't know what we talked about, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Uh, it, too. We blacked out. What are you talking about? (laughs) Bye, guys. That's Joe Ostrowski. Listen to him on BetQL Daily. Mitch just texted. He said lohostos.com? Mitch never ceases to amaze me with with his layers. Pedicure once every two weeks. Happy to admit. I mean, I... Get it, Mitch. You deserve that. Treat yourself. I am not against getting a pedicure. I just have never gotten one. I'm not against it. Like, I'm all it for it. It sounds like we have some content I here. try to take care of my nails and stuff. It's a real self-care day on The Score. The morning show was talking about getting massages. Mitch was a part of part of that conversation. I mean, I it. get that, but that's a little bit more, like, that's more, like, chiropractic. And, like, I, it's rare that I get a massage to relax. I usually, I got back problems. LaTanya, please help me out. Like, that's usually what that is. Honestly, depending on, like, just, you know. 
how you need to relax or like stay alive, if you know what I mean. Like, yes, yeah, I know a lot of guys who get their nails done, manicure, pedicure. All right, well, I I do my own because you know me, I I'm that person. You're frugal. No, it's not just that. I'm just like I have time for this. I can do a better job. Whatever. Like whether or not that's actually the is case. The, is the thing with the little fish is that legal in the United States? Why are we? Why are we? You know what? This is high noon. We've just really just rolled into it the, for you, which is fine because we're infinity minutes late to break. Well, you get the little fish and then they eat the cuticles. Is that something that only happens in other countries or does that happen here? Everything happens in these United States. It's just a matter of whether or not we talk about it. Oh, high noon is next here on the score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? High noon. We do it every day around this time, and we usually start off by letting you know what we've discussed. We talked a little bit about books, and then Layla and I did hardcore football X and O breakdowns of defensive and offensive evolution. Then we could be there for a while, but it basically means run the football. Yes, we could break it down to that. We talked about Vooch and Patrick Beverly. We had a wonderful conversation with Joe Ostrowski that turned into me creating a domain so that y'all could see my feet. Lohostoes.com. It's not a real, I haven't really done it, but someone will. Somebody's going to be like, Yeah, Layla, you should do that. And then I'll be like, I didn't say that. And they're no. like, No, you totally you said totally it. You totally said it. And that's called listening with bias. It was on your show that you said you were going to show your toes. You got to show your toes now. It's like how every time somebody makes a good point, a lot of the texters just think the man made it. And I'm like, I'm the one who said it. That is correct. Most of the time. Mm hmm. Our High Noon today is a follow-up story from High Noon yesterday. Hell yeah, it is. What's up, Illini? Double overtime win. Really important win for Illinois and a bad loss for Michigan because it seemed like they had that game in control and then they did not finish the job. But Matthew Meyer is one of the reasons why they weren't able to. He played great. And we found out that he had been missing from practice for a big portion of the week because of this. I've actually been sick the last few days. I had caffeine poisoning. I literally had uh, six monsters the day of the game. I only had one before, but I had five after because I like a caffeine-induced euphoria to play video games in. Um, and <laughs> so I, uh, I could barely get out of bed the next day. It was like basically like a caffeine hangover. And uh, so this is my first day of practicing since then. <laughs> the honesty. Just the pure honesty. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. He has a big night last night. So there were people who followed up with him and his coach about that very subject. You know, it's a great product. You just have to drink responsibly. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Matt, are you working on an NIL deal with this? or? Uh, yes, they DM'd me after the game and commented on my post. So I think we got something in the works. I'm just curious when Matt tells you he has caffeine poisoning, like, what's the response? He didn't tell me that. I knew he was sick. And didn't feel well, but um, kind of hard to make some of that up, you know? I just said, why? That was Brad <laughs> Underwood trying to figure out why. More honesty. Oh, I love that this is an organic NIL-type situation. This guy loves your drink so much that he almost overdosed on and- it. And Monster needs to jump on that. There were people in the crowd in last night's game 
that had Monster Energy drinks in his face on a t-shirt already. It's kind of wild. People just need something to cheer for. I I thought the whole thing was just very uh, enjoyable. And Brad Underwood also was some refreshing honesty. He hadn't told me that. Probably because he didn't want to get in trouble for something that was... Uh, his own doing. Yeah. And I don't blame him for being like, yeah, I'm going to unwind after this game and play some video games because I couldn't couldn't do it before the game. So why not do it after the game? Not realizing what would happen later. Right. And you're probably at this point when it comes to students or student athletes, if the student athlete is telling you, I don't feel good, I feel run down, for the most part, educators are going to be like, please go away because... We don't know if you have COVID or the flu. We're going to send you to your room, and then we'll check on you in a couple of days. But additionally, they had a stretch where they had a bunch of games in a short amount of time. I forget what it was exactly. I'd have to go back and look. But they had four games in like a pretty short amount of time yeah. in succession. I, I was saying yesterday, Layla, that a lot of times we we ascribe the idea of well, they're the young people just being young people to explain away crimes or, you know, bringing a gun to a scene where someone may want to shoot someone or, you know, racing in, in a, a populated area. Like, oh, that's just college. This story. Yes. Is a college kid being a college kid. Why are you sick, Matt? Um, I drank a whole bunch of monsters because I was up all night. And I was trying to play video games. That is what college kids do. That's a reasonable story. Right. That, and, that and then makes his sense. coach being like, I just want to know why. Also reasonable. I want I would like to know why that, that is the case. Subdued Brad Underwood is is a character that is fascinating I, to me because I'm used to like fired up Brad well, Underwood easier in game Brad Underwood where he's red faced and looking like he's going to tear some like looking like Brian Dennehy um, I and think when he's subdued I'm just like it's easier for him here? to be subdued because they won I don't think that that line of questioning even happens had they not won that comeback and won that game last night. Oh, no, you're not talking about it. You're talking about other things that went on inside that game, like a couple of calls that were questionable that went Michigan's way in the game last night. But also, can we talk about some in-play creativity? We ran the highlight last night. RJ Melendez is like, I'm going to shoot this three. No, I'm not. Shelter fake. Go to the rim. Slam and one. Love that. There's a, there a lot of aggressive takes to the hoop last night by Illinois and it, it was a the really entertaining out. game oh, I just love the good fake out because I was like yeah shoot that no oh nope. okay dribble drive to the baseline two hand slam a line eye up too like that that was a, a a fun time and a fun time is getting ready to be had you want to know why <gasps> Growing time. that's right Mark Grody is going to join us from the combine and looking at his notes there's one Ohio State quarterback who had something to say about another Ohio State quarterback that you might know and love. Mark Grody's been working for you. Next on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.